All right. Hello, everyone. It is so lovely to have you here today on this Tuesday in the end of November as we are nearing the end of 2020. What a year, what a topic to cover nearing the end of 2020, as I'm sure through everything you've been dealing with, you've had some unpleasant people that you either work with or have been dealing with in your personal life. So what a conversation to have today. And so I'm very excited to get us kicked off here. Um, and so, you know, quickly before we get started, I just wanted to, you know, let everyone know, you know, feel free to come off of mute, feel free to turn on your cameras if you feel called to do so. Don't worry about bringing the funk because I already am and nobody can sp smell you across the screen. So don't worry about that. It's just really nice to have some visibility, especially in these very trying times where some of us are alone or spending time with the same people, which can equally drive you crazy. I'm speaking from personal experience now. <laughs> and um, um, so today, so uh, you know, like I said, please come off of mute. We really want to hear you. We want to make sure that this conversation is interactive and that you are able to ask the questions that you want. I do just want to let you know that if you do come off of mute, you will show up on the live recording. And with that, we are recording. If you wanted to ask a question and not come off of mute, you can feel free to do so by writing in the chat box. And if you wanted to ask it anonymously, please feel free to message me privately by finding my name in the chat box in the drop-down menu, Nicole Felter. Um, finally, keep up with us on social, at Power to Fly on all social channels, and then subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can see all of these chat and learns that we have. Um, you will be muted upon entry, but it's not to silence you, it's just to silence any background noise. And so with that, I am so excited to welcome our speaker today who I feel so privileged to work with. Um, and so today we have Lamour Bergman Gross speaking. Lamour has led tech teams at DigitalOcean, Oracle, VMware, and Sun Microsystems. Her passion is helping women succeed in the tech industry. To do this, she has focused on mentoring engineering managers for the past three years. For more than 10 years, she has been leading teams and organizations of different size while building great culture, innovating, and shipping products. She enjoys helping engineers both grow in their technical abilities as well as their communication and collaboration skills. Currently, Lamour is the director of mentorship at Powerfly as she is mentoring, as she is pioneering our mentorship program, and she lives in Israel with our, her family. And so with that, Lamore, I would love to pass the microphone to you, see if there's anything that you wanted to add into that introduction and anything maybe you wanted to kick us off with today. You capture it perfectly. It's a pleasure being here and a pleasure working with you, Nicole. I'm also honored working with you. You're amazing. Uh, let's just dive in. I think uh, the women that joined today want just, a, I think they want to get the most out of this. So let's do it. Perfect. All right. And so with that, everyone, you will see here on the screen, we have the pre-submitted questions uh, that people submitted when they were registering. If you see your question late in the list, or if you don't see your question, please feel free to drop it in the chat as we wanna make sure we answer as many as possible and get you, know, get you some of the advice and insights you need. And so with that, Lamour, let's start with this first question. How do you keep the negativity from seeping into you? What are your preferred strategies for dealing with the toxicity in the workplace without losing our own abundance, thinking, and optimism? And that is a wonderful question. And I admit that I have been suffering from that as well. And because basically when you have toxicity at work or you have some person that you don't get along with, it really gets to you. I can tell from personal experience that it got to me and personally, and I was very bitter. The strategies that I use is usually, there are several things. 
first of all, find an ally or allies, people that they trust. Uh, they don't necessarily need to take a side, but just to, you know, because a lot of times you need someone to talk to, you need someone to kind of just be there for you and listen for you, even if they cannot help. So find people that you feel comfortable talking with them about, about your challenges. Even if just, again, just to let things out, don't just accumulate all of that inside you. And try to find ways you can actually make a difference and, and you know, kind of, sometimes you cannot do anything about this person or about the toxicity. Some, sometimes it's beyond you. Find ways to, sometimes what I did is just, you know, when I was facing difficult situations and struggles with some people that I couldn't influence and it drove me crazy, I just decided to take a step back and focus on other things, things that I can actually make an impact and will motivate me and not ignore the situation because I don't like to ignore, but just to take the, the we'll say in Hebrew, like to take the leg out of the you know gas pedal, just to focus on something else because it's like a death spiral. You just get all the time focused around this, oh, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? So just take yourself out of that and, and try to do some things that you feel that are, you know, are gonna motivate you and you can actually contribute. I really love that you brought up in the beginning about finding somebody you trust or finding people you trust to talk about with about what's happening. And so, you know, there's power in numbers, right? And so it's obviously helpful to find out if it's not only you in the workplace as well, right? Like if other people are feeling these things and, you know, we can see on the line that there's a lot of people who are dealing with this maybe negative negativity or toxicity in the workplace. So how do you best recommend to find people that you can trust to confide in about kind of what you're dealing with. Yes, I mean, typically those are people that uh, you you work with already and that you feel like uh, they will be there for you and support you and not just, you know, you typically notice the kind of people that are always looking for gossip versus people who actually cares. You see that usually in their day-to-day -day action, like people like helping others, people who care about other people. You see that people are trying to help other people and trying to do things not just for their own sake and for their own like uh, motivation. So those kind of people that you know, I typically feel comfortable um, opening up. Perfect, thank you so much. Um, and we just have some people chiming in here, but you know, it's hard to have an ally not get sucked into talking about what sucks all the time. And that's true as well, right? And I think that's where Lamore made a fantastic point of trying to put your energy into something else, whether that's another project or a different product or, you know, getting involved um, maybe with an ERG or a BRG within the workplace. Um, and then we just have people chiming in here that others don't want to talk or get involved though. And then um, somebody else said, unfortunately, the work allies I have are quitting due to the toxic, toxic environment of where we work. And so Lamore, I wanted to see if you wanted to respond to that at all. Yeah, this is very unfortunate. And, I, and I've seen that happen many times. And sometimes like, you know, there's, there's a limit to what you can influence. Uh, if that's the case, uh, then try to find other people, whether, again, I don't know much about, uh, Kendra, about your company, how big it is, but either find people in other departments that, that you can talk with or find someone external. Like, for example, I had an executive coach when I worked at DigitalOcean and she really helped me a lot. 
And when I was talking to her, she was like, yeah, when she noticed when I was too much into this spiral and she was trying to get me out of that and help me kind of, okay, let's focus on something else. So try those people who can help you, whether it's like someone uh, that you can trust in a different department or maybe someone you know working at a different company, uh, maybe hire someone to work with you, whatever it may be, try to get, if really all your team is all negative, try to find some other people that will bring different perspective and can help you pull yourself out of this. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And that segues to a really good point because Lamor, I know you feel very passionately about mentorship and that's exactly why you started the mentorship program at Power to Fly. And so, you know, I, I want to just take a minute to have you talk about that because I think what's so special is that it's mostly comprised of women who are in tech or product, but in the tech space. And so, you know, I, I know through the Chatman program that there's so many similarities between a lot of the struggles that women in tech face. So I would love for you to just talk about that. And I'm going to drop a link to the mentorship program on the line, because it seems that we have a lot of people that are online with that they can't talk to people or the people have left. And so finding that external person can be very helpful. Yeah. And, and this is like, a, especially in case, like Julie mentioned that she works in a small company. The challenges are that when you work in a small company or, you know, companies like DigitalOcean was 600 people, but still it wasn't that big, like still people knew each other. And it's, it's hard for you to kind of find the people you can talk to or find people who can bring you a different perspective because maybe the entire team is kind of stuck in the same mindset. And you, you really need some, sometimes uh, someone who can bring you a fresh perspective or can help you from their experience. And that's why we have the mentorship program. I've been mentoring and I still do that. Uh, for like almost four years now. And, and, and we created the same thing in part of life, just focused around women. And we, we match basically women uh, in the same career path. For example, uh, we'll match an engineering manager with a director or VP of engineering to help really with challenges that, that they face. And a lot of time, you know, we look at our challenges and we think they are unique. Many times, I'm sorry to say that to you, yeah, they are not unique because we all face in one way or another, obviously each situation is, is different, but we face very similar challenges. And, and, and having someone to talk to that have already, have already seen those things happen and face those situations can really help you and give you perspective and advice that you need, that you don't have anyone you can talk to in the company. I love it. Thank you so much for bringing that up and highlighting that. And so I dropped a link to the mentorship program at Power to Fly in the chat. All right. And so diving into this next question, are there alternatives to quitting if the jerk is your boss? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's hard for me to answer uh, when I don't know the exact situation. And I had bosses they were, that were jerks or I had bosses that were difficult people to, you know, I had a boss that he was a very, he is a very good person. He's not a jerk, but it was so difficult to work with him. It was like so exhausting. So alternatives are finding, fire your boss. So basically finding a different uh, organization, make, making a move, right? You, you cannot fire your boss, like literally fire them, but and you don't want to get into that, but maybe there are other opportunities for you within the company. Like I have a, a woman I'm mentoring right now and she has challenges with her current manager. She kind of reached dead end. And, you know, we worked on, okay, if that doesn't work, 
either leave the company or find another, you know, um, and another position in the company and another manager that you can work with. Because many times, like if that person is stuck in their head, if they are jerks, we cannot necessarily change them. We can give them feedback, we can talk with them, but a lot of times there's a limit to what we can do. There, you know, it takes two to tango. And if the other side is not participating, it's, it's not, you know, listening, is not cooperating with you, then find another person who will. Great advice. Thank you so much uh, for sharing that. And it's not always easy to hear that. Sometimes the best <laughs> answer is just to exit, but sometimes it's just the truth. There's only so much you can do and, and there's only so much you can change before you're exhausting all of your resources. Yeah, I mean, um, one of, I can tell you that in one of my jobs, I had a, I had a boss that uh, he was really a jerk and he actually uh, succeeded very, very well because he, he was getting results for his bosses, but he treated everyone if any, anyone beneath his as his like chess tools, like it, we were just tools uh, for his disposals and everyone hated him, but it didn't help. So I just found a different position and I moved and I started working with a different manager. So it's like, it depending, you know, obviously on the opportunities, but I was that close to leaving the company and eventually I stayed for several more years. Thank you for sharing that. And uh... I love when our speakers share their personal stories because I think it's it's so helpful to help visualize your situation and you know also highlight that although we think our stories are unique there's so many similarities between the two and especially as women in tech from what I've heard that the there's so many struggles that are really aligned. So perfect. Diving into this next question. How do you work with someone who just wants to put you down and not work with you? Again, it depends on the situation. I mean, I always uh, prefer to be transparent with people when I don't get along with someone. I, I like to understand their motivation. I don't know why this person wants to put you down. What does this person do? Uh, I would try to kind of uh, try to get, understand their motivations. And if they're just jerks and they do that, I don't know why, because they want to hurt you, try to figure out what, what can you do differently? Uh, because if the other person is not, if you cannot influence the other person, then you can only influence yourself and try to take a different route. And again, depending on the situation, it may be impossible to avoid this person and not work with them. Maybe you can find people who can do, because it's interesting to me always when I look at people, uh, even, and, and for me, I look at it a lot as a, like a personal challenge. If there's someone I cannot get along with, even if they're complete jerks, I'm always interested to see, okay, who does get along with this person. And I try to find the people who does get along with this person, who do get along with them, and try to understand what's, what's working and, and try to learn, okay, maybe there are some ways I can kind of get around that and find a way to work with them. Sometimes, again, sometimes you cannot and you can try to take a different route and maybe minimize the interaction or you know, find someone who can work with them that maybe will help you with some of the interaction. Such a great point. And, you know, a lot of what you're saying brings me back to something that somebody told me once. And this isn't always going to apply, but, you know, that people only hold the value that we give them, right? And so if we let them and their negativity, their toxicity, right? influence every aspect of our lives. And I, and I know that's not always easy and I know that doesn't apply to every situation, but I think there's some situations where it can apply, where we just let it affect us too much instead of, you know, 
pouring our energy into other things, going back to what you said, Lamore. And so um, that was something that was super helpful for me to recognize that sometimes a lot of the upset feelings that I'm having are coming from me and what I'm able, how I'm able to react and how I'm able to uh, re- interact with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have some people commenting in the chat. So thank you so much for dropping in the chat. You know, please feel free to come off of mute if you have a question or a comment you'd like to make. But um, Karen dropped in here that if you do decide to leave, do be compassionate with yourself in your next role and try to leave any negative experiences in the past. I started working for a software company earlier this year, and I'm constantly pinching myself and waiting for the other shoe to drop because in my previous roles, I had no managerial support. And so I wanted to see if you had any response to that or any comment for that, Lamore. I mean, definitely don't be too hard on yourself. I think Yael, I think mentioned that uh, I saw that in the previous chats, like, don't we tend to take a lot on ourselves like oh it was my fault or if i had a bad experience i always have bad experiences try as much as as much as you can just to put the past behind you and really start fresh not everyone are jerks if you had a bad experience in one place doesn't mean that you have the same experience in a different place Uh, try to look at you know uh, at the positive things you can do and, and influence again i had bad experience and then after that I had good experiences so try not to get too much uh, stuck in the past and the most important thing not to really pinch yourself not kind of you know look at it oh it was my fault Uh, appreciate what you do and and your abilities and not just you know look down at yourself like oh it happened because many times it's not our fault it's just the situations that we are in that are very challenging fantastic call thank you Lamore And we have um, some people writing in the chat with some questions. So thank you for dropping those as well. Um, And so Lisa writes, sorry, I lost it there one second. Uh, What about a coworker who was trying to sabotage you in order to get ahead in the company? Well, that's very unfortunate. My, the best advice I can give always try to act positively. I always believed in, in trying to do the best I can to promote myself. So instead of focusing on the bad person or or the person who is trying to do whatever they want to do, you know, to uh, get themselves ahead, it's not a competition. I always try to look at what can I do the best that I can to bring the best of me to the job and to do the best things I can while making sure that what I do is visible. So ask yourself those questions. What are the things I can do, give the best of me and make it visible? Maybe the problem is that you do the work, but someone else takes the credit and then you need to fix that. And if they do something, if they do something inappropriate, like if they take a credit for work you have done, then you may need to have some conversation with them and tell them that it's unacceptable. In some cases, maybe involve your manager, but try to really, I try always like to confront people if needed and tell them, hey, that's, that's not gonna work. Like if I did that work, uh, you cannot take the credit for, for this and make sure you find people who appreciate you, appreciate what you do and can help you basically build your personal brand within the company, build the credibility of the work you're doing uh, that can help you kind of promote, can help promote you and what you do and advocate for you. Can I chime in on here? Yeah, okay? Absolutely type right now. (laughs) Um, Hi, I'm Stephanie. I'm from Brooklyn. Um, I feel like hopefully this is in line with a lot of the questions, but I'm curious, like, is there a role that that companies hire for? Have you like found a a kind of person to add to the team that can kind of make 
um, culture and human interconnection and just like general behavior and relationships, like have the company be accountable for that because like we have all worked with people who are horrible to work with, but if they deliver, especially in like this capitalist world, they're going to stay on They're Like no one's going to get fired for doing a bad job or even if they're an asshole. <laughs> um, so like, I wonder if like in my company, we just have no one that we can point to and say like, okay, they're, you know, head of culture or whatever. And like, they actually do contribute a monetary value in some capacity because of X, Y, and Z factors. We just like, don't have those data points to share to like prove that it is worthwhile to like be nice to your coworkers. So I'm wondering yeah. if higher yeah. to I, I don't I don't know of any specific position for that other than obviously the HR organization that th their job is basically to help with any issues uh, and and culture. I think the culture starts from the top and trickles down and it starts with the kind of people you hire. And I always when I hire I always look for people first, skills second. Like I want to hire good people, but I want to hire first. I, I want to hire smart people and talented, but I want to hire good people. I want to hire people that are not jerks, you know, and that are not full of themselves. I think what you can do is try to find, I don't know what's your role, Stephanie, but try to influence the hiring process. Talk to your HR business partner, try to figure out how you can fix that, how you can make sure that the people you hire, and it starts with the hiring process and it continues in the evaluation process, in the performance reviews. How can you influence that when you hire, you check certain things on the person, not just the, the, the abilities to do the job right, but also how they are as people. And, and a lot of times someone from HR can help with those interviews if the people in the team either don't care or don't know how to look for those uh, kind of values. Try to see how we can influence the um, the performance reviews and yeah. and highlight you know things that people do that actually add to the bottom line because they are collaborative because they improve communication. It's always best to try to lead by example and also show data as much yeah. as you can. Yeah, I, I don't know if my question will come later on in this deck, but um, the only asshole in my company is the founder. <laughs> Everyone else is wonderful. And so he won't listen to like even his number one or two and I'm number four and like, I don't even stand a chance. So like, I think I'm wondering if we need to hire someone who can give him those data points because he is very data driven to say like, you know, we do need to be accountable for the culture that you want to create but you're literally doing the opposite. And like you said, leadership, you know, the culture does start from top down. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't but, <laughs> but if, if he's the only person that is the problem, then work with the people that, you know, uh, that you can influence on to make a change and, and everyone can influence. Suggest what you can do, whether it's hiring someone or even improving the processes you have right now. Um, and if he's, if he's data driven, then you need to figure out ways to, to give data. I, I have a, a thought. Um, I mm -hmm. knew a company that hired a conflict resolution specialist. Um, it was because of something very similar to what you're describing that, you know, the upper management, you know, or the, you know, the executive level, just, you know, there was no connection between them and the rest of the team. 
and um, there was a lot of, you know, I see comments and, and I can appreciate them. The 3 a.m. email and you're treated like, you know, why weren't you awake at 3 a.m. to answer those emails? They just didn't respect any boundaries at all. And obviously the work environment was very negative. Um, so they did. They hired a conflict resolution specialist who, you know, separated the teams and everything was anonymous and, you know, a lot of feedback was provided and there was restructuring. A few of those executives were given a golden parachute, if you want to call it, and were replaced. It doesn't always happen. I mean, I wish in a perfect world, but um, it did make a huge difference and they proved it through, you know, money, data points, things like that, that you know, if you have a continuous negative environment where you're constantly berating or beating down your staff, um, they proved the productivity was just not there. Um, it's not about the money. It never is. It's always about how you feel about what you're doing and that you have value within. I mean, this is where we spend most of our time. So, you know, if people are going to constantly step on you all day long. I mean, what's your incentive? So uh, that's what they proved. Um, I mean, somebody has to pay for it, but, um, you know, if they actually care about the bottom line, um, maybe they should think about it. So it's, you know, it did work. Um, I can't speak to any other situations. That's the only one I know, but, um, it did make a huge difference. So. That's so helpful. Thank you. Nicole and uh, Limor, would you mind if I also added, uh, just a, a one minute, uh, point to help? With Absolutely. this, or, or just to request your inputs. And thank you, uh, Stephanie uh, raised it, and uh, I appreciate the the comment. And uh, we're also holding out a, a lot of prayers for everybody across in New York and everywhere else too. So uh, our thoughts to you. Um, I am currently uh, my role currently is as a scrum master within the technology uh, digital tr business transformation and. I'm here thanks to today, uh, my manager, who's our agile coach, who brought this entire forum to my attention and to the attention of the uh, ladies in our technology division at work. And uh, it is what it is. Uh, you know, we have to speak to the realities. Uh, we are going through uh, some big storms uh, in reference to our norming, storming, forming, performing, all of that. And uh, I took myself out of, uh, as you mentioned, the spiral keep myself in check. And I did consult with uh, some of the business coaches within our HR department yesterday, asking them, what tools do we have as an organization to support the coaches here and bring some additional knowledge and wealth of uh, this insight, this EQ, emotional intelligence insight to our teams. And uh, we are consulting and having a discussion about an experience cube uh, model that they uh, may be presenting to our team. So we are authentically, strategically bringing this into or might be bringing this into our teams to help people influence uh, what their anchor points are. Remember what your pur our purpose is. Remember what our objectives are. Remember what our intention is and how our actions and our language influence one another. So uh, to your point, Stephanie, um, and as Lamore mentioned, I did consult with the team and we do have a meeting later on this week uh, between my manager and HR to look at this model and how we can have it brought into the team as a facilitated session by our business allies. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing, that's incredible.
Um, yeah, and uh, I, I know that uh, this is a very heated topic. Stephanie, just one thing I wanted to, uh, to add is that uh, if you know of someone who your CEO really thinks highly of or someone who is able to influence the CEO, then I would highly recommend try to kind of recruit this person. <laughs> if you can influence a person who can influence the, the problematic person, then you can try to make, some, I'm not saying that the CEO will change necessarily, but you can try to kind of let him, make, him or her potentially kind of be a little bit more open. Yeah. But you need to kind of find whoever can influence him and, and convince, convince this person that it is a problem and you need to fix it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for what it's worth, we have that mostly in place and it does definitely work. There are like three people who over the course of two years, he's like started to trust somewhat. Um, so for anyone else that's having a similar issue that does work, it's just like those people need a break. Like people are getting ulcers, people want to quit. Like it's just, yeah. he's, uh, he's very erratic, um, but, but it does help. But I mean, yeah, a lot of these suggestions, I think honestly, just having an outside person sometimes and having that perspective, like, as I said, he's very data-driven and, and I think he would much rather see the opinion of 50 strangers in a, in a focus group than like the person he hired as the creative director, that's me, <laughs> um, which like is kind of telling in, in a lot of ways. So some of these other like outside specialists, Scrum Master, like I've worked in Agile a bunch before, like that could actually be very helpful. He very he like very much it like is very disrespectful of process, which I think more so than anything is like the toughest challenge because it really impacts like the team's productivity and just like the the general workflow. And so like that's where my like main issue lies with him. But yeah. anyway, I don't want to co-op this whole thing. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you so much, Stephanie, and thank you everyone for chiming in. This is exactly what we love to see. And unfortunately, you know, so many people are dealing with it on different levels. And I know we're getting tons of messages in the chat, but I really wanted to shout out one of the messages um, that came in. And so Carol Draft, you know, that they were watching a webcast last week and the presenter said something that was hard to hear. You are always the problem and you are always the solution. So it's not about the other person. A lot of times their behavior is based on their own in air experiences and really rarely has anything to do with us, um, which isn't always easy to hear or to deal with. Um, and then uh, there was something else. Oh, and then Lamore, we had a question that came in uh, privately that I wanted to ask you, but um, what advice do you have for someone who has a history of taking credit for your work? And last week they did it right in front of me at a meeting that um, they were both in. Should this person have said something uh, that would not have made them sound bad, meaning the person whose work was stolen? Um, should they have called her out directly on the call? What? How do you handle that kind of situation? So, so they took credit for someone else and you witnessed that? I was not sure I completely understood the situation. Sorry, yes, uh, they, so their work was stolen by somebody on a meeting. Somebody else took credit for what all the work that they did um, and they weren't sure how they should have gone about it in the moment. Should they have called that person out? Should they have said something in the meeting? What should they have done? I usually prefer not to handle it in, in the meeting. Uh, it can just cause a lot of, you know, it can get nasty. I prefer to confront the person uh, individually uh, and or involve the manager or HR. Because if this is getting something that is repetitive, that this person is taking credit for other people's work, 
then it may need the involvement of uh, this person, direct manager or the HR business partner to handle it. And I always prefer also to give direct feedback to the person offending, like about myself. I prefer not to get into like other people, hey, why did you do this to X, Y, Z? But like about me, you, you shouldn't take credit for what I do. And if it doesn't help, then yeah, involve your manager, involve HR and, and, and don't let that continue. Another tip I learned, um, and I might not have the most insights to provide here, but always when you're having a discussion with somebody, talk about how you feel about what they did. So the I feel statements that I feel like you undermine my work, I feel like you took my credit, those usually tend to take you off of the attack and hopefully take them off of the defense so that you can have a conversation. And somebody else shouted in here or put in the box that when someone begins to criticize or judge me, I respond with your tone of voice is not helpful. It doesn't motivate me. It's not professional and it's not kind. And they said it has led me to some very beneficial conversations where they had no idea that they came across that way. So just want to drop these nuggets in case they're tips for anyone moving forward. And so diving um, into our next question. Oh, please go. For, feel free to. Yes. Um, my name is Linda. I'm from um, Brooklyn, New York, too. Um, I'd also like to add, everyone is not comfortable with direct confrontation. Um, it can be a really uncomfortable situation for some people. So if you're not, it's always good to partner with your manager and have that conversation with the evidence that you did the work. You can't just say, I did the work. You have to have the evidence to back it up to say that you did the work and that you're uncomfortable confronting that person. And is there something that they could do to help facilitate a conversation or is there an organization within your organization like conflict resolution that would help facilitate that conversation? But if you're uncomfortable with, you know, direct confrontation, ask for help. Ask, you know, that's what the managers and human resources are there for to kind of help you through that process. I dropped a book in the chat that's been really helpful for me. It's called How to Say Anything to Anyone. Um, I've used it also with my family members, <laughs> um, but it's, it's really great. Um, uh, to like figure out the actual like cadence and like just structure of how to talk to people about those like kind of uncomfortable things. Awesome. Thank you I so much. For this is amazing, by the way. Thank you. Nicole. Oh, sorry, Eleanor, go right ahead. Yes, Nicole. I, I just want to say one thing about this. You know, uh, if you're documenting your project or the project that that person is talking about trying to take credit for, if you're documenting it all along and you let uh, some people know that you're documenting it and that you've done all of this work on it, then uh, when you come into a situation where everyone's together in a meeting, you can just simply say, oh yes, I have all the details on that project in as much as I did start that project back in such and such, and I'm happy to send it to everyone. Uh, just let me know if you want a copy and just then drop it. So people know that, oh, someone's taking credit for the project, but she's not the only one working on it, or he's not the only one working on it. Maybe this it should be a collaborative effort. And then you're making a bigger project and you're making a bigger solution and you're bringing everyone in. That idea of collaborating with everyone to let them in on the secret really works. 
Uh, it, it works time after time after time. And then you have opportunity to talk with everyone about the project. Eleanor, and I was the one who asked the question. And the irony is my project is documented on Teams and everybody knows it. And nobody else spoke up and said, wait a minute, that's Kendra's project. Well, <laughs> they, you can't expect them to. For my work. Yes, well, Ke Kendra, you can't expect them to because that's not what people do. People are not necessarily willing to, uh, you know, confront issues in a meeting, right? They're not. But you yourself uh, can say what you need to say in a very nice way, even saying that, oh, yes, this was a great project. We all had a hand in it and it was wonderful working with everyone. And I have all the details and who would like to have, you know, in other words, get in there and in a very nice way start to build you know when people see that you're building something and that they have a grasp on what you're building they want to join you and they'll all say yes send it to me send it to me uh, you know as simple as that um, I, I've seen this work a number of times. I sit on a lot of boards of directors. This happens all the time. People are always willing to take your work, Kendra. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> so, so we all have that problem. So it is, it, it is very good to include everyone. That inclusiveness builds something greater than just so yourself. Everybody was included. I surveyed everybody on the project that I came up with that would directly benefit each one of those people to get their feedback. And like I said, it was documented all over Teams. Every document was mine, every instruction was mine. And so- Good, remind them, remind them, Kendra. Keep reminding them and, and that'll do it because then they'll know that you are still uh, a main person on the project. The only just, person, I'm the one who did all the work that they're going to benefit from. So just, that's right. Well, you're the main uh, person. My coworker tried to, to claim that she had any effort in it and disappointed that my colleagues who are going to benefit didn't stand up and say anything. But that's yeah. the toxic work environment I work in and why I'm yeah. here. So, I, you know, Kendra, I mean, typically, I mean, from my experience, people are not very uh, willing to. Uh, uh, start, uh, you know, un uncomfortable conversations, definitely in meetings. And I typically don't recommend to do that in meetings. I think you need to, I, again, I don't have all the details of your situation. I'm happy to talk with you offline if you want to, feel free to reach out. Um, but if you have situations like that, then it may be wise to talk with your manager. And if your manager is not supportive, then find someone who can help you. Um, if everything is documented, then there is no problem. I mean, it's easy to prove that and you need to fix the situation and potentially, you know, talk with the people who are offending you and try to figure out, you know, why they're doing that and, and how that can change. But again, I don't know all this, obviously all the details. Right, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with you, um, Limoa. I, I just, I see that people are really not courageous. You know, I had a, I have a lot of sisters and brothers, right? And my one middle sister, I'm the oldest in the family. My middle sister always said to me, do you think I was born with the courage that you have? <laughs> I said to her, well, of course you are. You're, we're from the same family. She said, it's not true. 
I don't have courage and I don't speak up. And I'm hoping in my later life that I will. So you see, not everyone has the same amount of, of uh, courage to speak up. So we have to take up the slack. Uh, we do in a very yeah, nice way. Absolutely, Eleanor. Thank you so much for all your, uh, you know, amazing uh, insights and uh, I, I think that none of us were born, you know, assertive. None of us was born a certain way. It takes practice. I mean, I can tell you it was definitely not easy for me to face difficult situations and, and do hard conversations, but I had to practice it. I had to force myself many times, like, okay, I have to have this conversation with this person. And, and the more you do it, I'm not saying it's easy necessarily, it's never easy, and people typically try to avoid confrontation and the, most people don't like it, but it's part of the job. And sometimes you have to do it. The more you do it, the more you will feel it. I don't know if to say you'll love it, but you'll feel more comfortable doing it. It's, it's so true. And I just want to chime in here and say that's what's so important about trying to find an advocate, which you touched on before, Lamore. And also, you know, for somebody who's in, the, who's in that situation, somebody once gave me the advice of saying, you know, if that happens and you feel comfortable doing so without being confrontational, you know, you can always chime in with saying, wow, that is such a great summary of all the work that was put into this project. Thank you for covering it so nicely as to say, you know, like, thank you for, you know, summarizing it, but it's not your work. Um, but that is a very difficult situation. And so Kendra, thank you for, you know, talking, chiming in here. And thank you everyone, Eleanor, for chiming in here. And Niel, I see, I see that you came off of mute. And so I want to pass the mic over to you. <laughs> yes. So obviously I love the advisors, but I want to describe something that works for me before you go to HR, before I, before I start seeking that, that confidence that will help you me deal with that person. What I learned over the years is that I need first to tell the story, but from the point of view of the person that I am having the issues with, because we fall in love with our stories. And when we fall in love with that story, we actually limit ourselves to the one narrative that is ours to the point that sometimes, sometimes, obviously far from always, we get so there into that that we don't see the other person, what they are seeing, and we don't realize what we are reflecting back. So to be clear, it's not about taking the fault or the blame. It's about before I go and tell it somebody, I need to actually, it's the similar, the equivalent of walking a mile in that other person's shoes. I need to tell the story at least once from their point of view, so I'll understand that maybe what I took as a major offense is a misunderstanding. Maybe actually I did something in their turf and I thought I'm helping, but I did not. I, I, I mean, I don't have any co uh, concrete uh, example right now, but what I learned is that tasting the story from that person's point of view, makes me understand. So when I go and seek help, I actually can show that I thought about it in a complete way. It's not that I'm focusing, it's me, me, me. It's about the benefit for the company or the dynamics, whatever. But if we don't do that, we too often, it's easier to dismiss us as whining and complaining instead of mature professionals that are asking for help because they really need it. Yeah, what a beautiful thing to hear you chime in and say for a couple of reasons. 
One, I think you bring up an, a great point about emotional intelligence, right? And understanding that we all have different backgrounds. We all have different things that make us upset. And sometimes people really don't want to offend you. And I think that goes back to what Carol said before in the chat, that sometimes we were taken back that they didn't like the way that she didn't like the way that they said something or the way that they approached her. And so trying to understand where they're coming from. And then also, you know, using that emotional intelligence to say, okay, they did X, Y, Z, let's try to understand what they really value and what they took from me. Right. So like if they took, pro if they took the um, credit for a project, was there something special about that project that they really valued so that when you go to talk to them, you can present to them and say, look, I really understand that the reason that you took the credit for X, Y, Z is, or, you know, maybe not saying that to not attack them, but to say the reason you chimed in was because this is really valuable to you and it's valuable to me too. So how can we work together and I'm really just throwing out, you know, summarizing what I'm hearing people saying. I'm no expert in this field, but uh, it's always nice to hear, you know, outside perspectives about this. So thank you so much, everyone, for chiming. This has been such a fruitful session, and I love when these get engaging. So thank you again. And so, Lamar, diving into this, you know, conversation and going into this next question, I think it's a perfect uh, stepping stone into this. So what are some ways you recommend to maintain your integrity Stand up for yourself and others while dealing with a difficult coworker or boss. So I think we've covered a, a good portion about a difficult coworker. How can we deal with a difficult boss? I've seen a lot of people chiming in with like emotionally immature bosses, somebody who might be younger than you. How can you deal with that situation? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, uh, I've had my share to deal with different kind of managers, and uh, it, depending on the person. Sometimes it takes, you need to acknowledge that it takes time to build trust and relationship with people. Sometimes it's very easy. I mean, for me, I had managers that we had a click that immediately we had, you know, a great amount of trust and understanding. But with some managers, it took me a while, even a year until I got comfortable with working with them. And, and you have to understand that we don't usually, we don't choose our managers and a lot of times they're very different from us. They have different kind of values. They work differently. They think differently. They act differently than us. Good or bad, it is what it is. And, and those are the people. And we really, I mean, I think I want to second what you else said, not just on the conflict area, but like with your manager, you really have to try to get as much as you can into their head. What do they value? And, and not just in, you know, not just a, uh, try to um, guess, but ask, like, how do they like to work? What do they value? How do they like to communicate? Uh, so you can really understand what works for them and not just for you. Because what works for us, some people are micromanagers, some people like high level, some people like low level information, some people are data driven. There are so many different kinds of people. You need to understand what works for your manager and try as the best as you can provide them what they need to be successful. Because if they are successful, you help them be successful, they will appreciate you for that. I hope that helps and I'm happy to hear any comments or questions on that. I think that was fantastic insight and uh, I, I couldn't agree more or more. Um, and so we have another question in the chat that I think is a really great question to ask with the 10 minutes we have left. So when and where should you throw in the towel and quit? What do you think are the signals that it's just not going to get better? 
That's a great question. Uh, I can tell you personally that I had, I, I still remember it this day. We lived in Colorado and we went on a trip in the mountains and me and my husband were talking all day long about my manager and my boss. And, you know, and during that trip, I realized I have to quit that job. And the, what led me to realize that was that A, this person is not going to change. It is the way that, you know, they are the way they are. Two, I'm putting enormous, enormous, you know, efforts, both physically and emotionally to work with this person. Three, it's impacting my life. I'm talking about this on vacation, like literally on the way to vacation, we, I couldn't stop talking about work. Is it worth it for me? What can I do about it? And then I realized like, well, if I want to keep working with this person, I have to deal with it. And I realized, well, I don't want to. It's not worth it for me. And I really need a change. I really need a different scene. And I decided that I want to move on. Thank you so much for sharing that story. And I think you bring up such a valuable point that, you know, our time is so limited and so much of our limited time is spent at work. And I know that it, it's a privilege for somebody to be able to leave their job. And I want to dive into that quickly with you a little more, but, you know, we have to value ourselves, right? Like your self-respect and your self-energy and everything that you pour into your work, that can't come second. Because, you know, sooner or later, the check's going to come for your health, whether it's, you know, heart problems or, you know, whatever else might come with stress um, and burnout and, you know, wasted energy, so to say, um, when you're feeling so upset and trying to deal with all those emotions. Uh, so, you know, our time is really limited and we have to value it and we have to value ourselves and value that some people just are not going to change. And so, Lamore, I want to ask you, you know, when you decided to leave that job, how did you go about it? Did you kind of wait it out until you have the next opportunity? Did you network? What did you do to get to that next place? And to be honest, I mean, I didn't do much. Uh, eventually the job, because I was so well connected, I mean, I kept, I built my LinkedIn profile throughout the years when I was in the US. Uh, I lived there for nine years and uh, I had so much connections and I got offers literally on, on a regular basis. I was very fortunate. So what I started doing, I was starting being more active on LinkedIn, posting regularly. It's really important if you want opportunities to come to your door, not just to have a stellar profile, but to be really active, post, share things, to be active. The more you're active, the more, you know, uh, people will notice you. So I started kind of being active on LinkedIn. And I was more, I think the change was that I was open. My mind was open to new opportunities. And when the right opportunities Short at my doorstep, I was ready. Uh, I wasn't, I didn't really need to do much of this job search, but it, not to say that that's a, you know, a bad thing to do. Uh, my advice would be if you feel like, okay, that's not the right place for me, then start opening up and network and, you know, be active and, and start looking. Start looking what, what's available and, and find something that suits you. Great call out. And also there's a great time to call out that Power to Fly does have jobs with tons of leading companies, tons of startups. So definitely check us out. You know, we've got remote jobs, we've got international jobs. Um, so I just want to throw that in there as well. Um, and so let me ask this question as well. So 
what if you keep trying to find a new job and it is taking a long time to find, trying to live with the situation and the disappointment of not finding a job has worn this person out. That's made it harder to interview. Do you have any advice that you'd like to throw in here as well? Definitely. I mean, uh, it's not easy, especially during the pandemic. I mean, uh, I've been there. I mean, when I moved to the U.S. in December 2010, I didn't have any job. And I was, you know, with four young kids and I, I was looking for my first job in the U.S. as a manager. And it was very intimidating and frustrating. Uh, so there are several things. First of all, if you keep looking and you don't find what you want, then try to ask yourself, what am I doing? And what am I not doing? <laughs> like, for example, when I started looking for a job, I was just applying, applying, applying on company website, and it wasn't working. So I figured, okay, if it wasn't, if it's not working, then I need to stop doing it and start to think of what, what I can do differently. And I started reading a lot. I started working on my profile on networking. I met with recruiters all the time. I, you know, try to find people who can connect me and so forth. So try to figure out what are you doing and what are you not doing. Another thing is that uh, it's emotional draining to look for a job. That's why so many people, I mean, it's, it's amazing, but a lot of people don't move jobs because they fear, you know, just the, the job search and, and starting a new job. They just fear this. Uh, it, it's really, it's one of the most difficult things for people to do, to switch jobs, believe it or not. Today, you know, people are a lot of times forced to do it because the market is the way it is. But many people, if they have the, you know, the choice, if they could have the choice, they will not leave a job. It's hard. So acknowledge it is hard. Don't be hard on yourself and take some breaks. When you feel emotionally drained and you feel like your confidence is going down, find the people who can encourage you, people who know you that can kind of help you gain that confidence and try to do something for fun. I know today is kind of hard to do that. Back when I was in Colorado, we just went skiing. But today, I don't know. I mean, whatever you can do, even if just meet someone for coffee or get, get for, out for a walk, for a run, for I don't know what, do something. I find personally physical activity helps me a lot with emotional stress, with de-stressing. So do something that makes you feel good. Take a break. So so true, Lamore. And yes, do take a break because otherwise you are just running on the brink of uh, burnout. But you know, it is such a job trying to find a job. And so uh, while I am gainfully employed right now, I remember how hard the job search was. I remember how exhausting it was. And I remember how desperate I felt. But I also just want to shout out that Power to Fly has tons of resources. We have a career coach who does three free sessions a month. Um, and we also have just have tons of resources about building your resume, uh, networking. We do chats all the time. So, you know, if this is your first time attending a, a Power to Fly chat and learn, I just want to put that out there. And if you have any requests for topics, please feel free to let me know as I'm running the chat and learn program. And so I want to make sure that our conversations are catered to everyone. Um, and so with that, you know, we have just three minutes. So I want to, you know, fit in one last question because there's tons of amazing uh, conversations happening. And so I, this is a great question to end with. So how can I remain being likable and nice without being a doormat for toxic people? That's a great question. So, um, you know, I can tell you that I, uh, throughout the years, I worried less about being likable and more ab about being respectable and appreciated. 
So uh, I think what I can tell you is focus on, on how you can bring value, how you can bring the best of yourself. Stand out for yourself. Don't let anyone step on you. So if someone is, you know, dormant, it's like if someone is stepping on you, if someone doing something inappropriate, react. Talk with them directly. If that doesn't work, go to HR, go to your boss, whoever, whoever you need to, to make sure that this person understand that they cannot treat you like that. And likable, I mean, that's people will like you when they will feel like you're bringing value, like you are collaborating with them, you're helping them. You don't need to, you know, worry about that too much, in my opinion. Just if you do your work, if you're a collaborative person, if you're helping others, they will like you for that. I love it. What a great way to end. And you know, one last piece of advice. Even if you're the juiciest and the ripest peach, no one is, there's going to be somebody who hates juicy and ripe peaches. So all that to say, you can't be everyone's cup of tea. And sometimes that's just very hard to come to grips with as I'm dealing with that myself. Um, and so with that, I want to say thank you so much for today's session. And I know that there were tons of nuggets that were dropped. And so, um, you know, you can come back to the rewatch afterwards. And, you know, I encourage everyone to check uh, in with each other, connect on LinkedIn. You can feel free to drop those if you want. And I'll leave the chat open for just a little bit. But I really just want to say thank you so much to everyone today and to Lamore for being here, everyone for sharing your insights. It's just been a very, very fantastic uh, conversation. I'm really happy to have played a part in today's uh, session. And yes, the chat file can be saved and I'll try to go through and grab those recommended books to include in the rewatch email. Um, and so with that, Lamore, do you have anything you want to send us off with today? Just, uh, you know, hang in there uh, don't be hard on yourself. Always try to, you know, look at what can you do positively? How can you impact things? And, you know, we are here for you. I mean, as part of life, that's what we do. We try to help other women. So reach out uh, let's uh, Nicole maybe leave uh, LinkedIn uh, URLs or way for, to be contacted. Definitely, uh, we are mission driven here. We do what we do because we believe in, uh, you know, helping others, and our passion is helping women. So we are here for you and use us as a resource. I'll just drop here my LinkedIn profile, and uh, I invite all of you to connect. Yes. And I'm going to leave the chat open for a little bit because I know there were some links dropped in there. So I'll leave it open for a bit and I'm going to go ahead and drop my LinkedIn and give everyone else a chance to drop their LinkedIn so we can all connect. Um, so I just want to say thank you again to everyone. And I hope you all have a very non-2020 day and a very non-2020 rest of your week. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Yeah, and thank you all of you that, you know, all of you that uh, joined us today and for everyone who participated, really appreciated. Thank you guys so much.